0: Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. The U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade today, leaving it up to states to decide whether to allow abortion. Abortion rights are protected in California, and Democratic state leaders have vowed to strengthen and expand access. San Diego Union-Tribune columnist Michael Smolens spoke with Senate leader Tony Adkins earlier today. Hey Michael. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, you spoke to Senate President Pro Tempore Tony Adkins earlier today. What was her reaction to this news?
1: Well, she was angry. Uh, she was. Uh, she said she was terrified about what this may mean for women across the country, uh, and she talked about her long history where before. The Tony Atkins that we know as the you know, powerful uh, leader in California, she uh, was a manager at a women's health clinic in San Diego, dealing with reproductive uh, services and the protests and things like that. So this is very personal for her and she's very passionate about it. And then she went on to talk about the legislative efforts they're trying to strengthen California's uh, protections for abortion rights. California among the states has already some of the strongest protections, but they feel they need more.
0: Yeah, she said, you know, she's committed to protecting abortion rights. She co-authored a state constitutional amendment. What's in it?
1: Well, it's very short. Constitutional amendments don't get into the weeds, but basically, it enshrines in the constitution, uh, you know, the clear right to, uh, you know, have an abortion and co- to have access to contraceptives, which is an important thing because there's some language in one of the uh, majority opinions um, uh, at the Supreme Court that they might revisit the law on contraceptives even not just abortion so uh they think that that by all the previous protections were in statutes the state constitution is a lot more um, solid uh, so that's why they're doing that
0: I know that there are other abortions rights uh protection and expansion bills can you give me an overview?
1: well they do many things a lot of it has to do with funding uh the the governor put like 150 million dollars in this year's budget to expand uh, uh reproductive services uh, in California and uh, there's like a dozen bills one of them is another measure by Tony Atkins which would sort of lay the groundwork to uh, allow thousands of nurse practitioners to perform abortions without doctors present as long as they get certain training uh the state is doing this, the leaders are doing this because they expect women from states where abortions will be, if not simply restricted, but outright banned, will be looking for, to states like California and other states that are going to become sort of abortion sanctuaries uh, to, to get have an abortion. And so uh, they're kind of expanding their services and their funding.
0: I mean, do you know about the statistics? I mean, how many people could come here seeking abortions? And is California prepared to um, handle the demand?
1: Well, that's what a lot of this legislation is geared towards. I mean, it's clearly first and foremost for, for Californians. Uh, and in some places in California, in some of the very rural areas, uh, healthcare in general is hard to, to come by because it's you know, there's a lot of distance. And so they're trying to rectify that in overall healthcare in addition to reproductive health care. I don't know that there's any statistics, somebody has probably done a breakdown, but I think that they're gonna to have to see, we know the states, the red states, the Republican states that have already severely restricted abortion, other states are doing that and will follow. And then there's the question of how many women can logistically and financially do it. In addition to that, uh, beyond the state laws that are pending and have already been put in place, there are groups that are you know, trying to reach out to make sure women Will have the resources to come here, you know, paying for plane tickets and and lodging while they they have uh, you know get the service or abortions or or whatever they come here for, and some women are opening up or not just women, some people are opening up their homes uh, to to these uh, people coming from other
0: states. And where do these bills and constitutional amendments stand? I mean, do you think it's a sure thing that they will pass? It's tough to
1: say. There's like a it's a dozen or thirteen. Um, and uh, I don't know that all of them will pass. The, the constitutional amendment, which is co-authored by um, uh, Senator Atkins, that's the real marquee measure. That is definitely going to pass. It it, it takes a two-thirds majority uh, to get out of the Senate, and it did that on, on Monday, and it's in the Assembly, and it's almost certainly going to get uh, a two-thirds majority. The this is a very democratic state and both houses of the legislature have super majorities of Democrats. What that does is it puts it on the November ballot and puts it before voters. Now there, it only takes a simple majority. And as we know, poll after poll has showed abortion rights have strong support in California, I mean, across the country, actually, but certainly in California. So uh, this almost definitely will happen unless something unforeseen comes up.
0: You mentioned Tony Adkin's history um, working in women's health clinics. In your in your story, you know, you mentioned some, some stories of hers, some anecdotal stories of hers of working in those clinics. I mean, what, what did she say about that time in her life?
1: Well, she said that she's, you know, how I kind of got onto this was in an earlier statement, she talked about how she's seen, you know, how this affects real people, real women, real families. And then, uh, you know, we know a lot about Tony's background, uh, but I wasn't as familiar with her work in health clinics. So she did have firsthand experience. Uh, and it was kind of an interesting dichotomy. in the two examples she gave one was in meeting the parents of this teenager in Indiana who died after an illegal abortion. This was a long time ago, and it's actually got some notoriety around the country. But the 17 year old girl uh, was pregnant. Indiana had very restrictive abortion laws, parental consent abortion laws, and she didn't want to go to her parents. Uh, there was a judicial bypass, but it was well known that judge just basically ruled against allowing it without parental consent. And so she went and got an illegal uh, procedure on her own and apparently um, got an infection and died. That turned her parents, who, according to the senator, were staunch Republicans uh, but into actually you know abortion rights activists, and how tony had met them is that they were traveling the country and came out to san diego the other story which was i don't want to say well more interesting in a way a navy woman came to the clinic thinking she needed an abortion because she had a sexually she had contracted a sexually transmitted disease and was under the impression that that could pass it on she could pass that on to the child and she just didn't want to do that well the senator who wasn't a senator at the time and the doctor that was going to perform the abortion Counseled this woman and told her she was misinformed and that with the right treatment and medication, uh, things could be fine. And so it turned out the woman ended up having the baby and was really glad that she did. One of the points the senator was making with this story was that she's tired of some people thinking that these clinics push abortions on people. She said that's just not what they do. It's all about, we've heard the term before, choice and informed choice. And her concern is that. People lose choice, and they lose the information to make a, a you know a, a choice.
0: Well, zooming out a little, I mean, it sounds like abortion rights will continue to be protected in California. But I mean, what does this mean for the nation? You know, what other rights or rulings could could this affect?
1: Well, first, before we get into, to that larger picture, it does protect abortion rights in California. However. Uh, you know, the Republicans are poised to take over majorities in both the House and Senate, maybe this November, the the momentum's going their way. Um, And if they do, uh, some Republican members have said that they would push a nationwide ban, and that may supersede California's protections. Um, We'll see. I mean, that's still a ways off. But then again, you know, people thought it was merely theoretical that Roe would be overturned. And here we are today. Now, interesting, you mentioned about, you know, what this may trigger is other rights being subject to litigation and overturning. Uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, in his, you know, he he did a side uh, opinion with the majority, and he talked about how the court should revisit both same-sex marriage and contraceptive laws. So they're really looking at, um, you know, a potential sea change there, whether there's enough members to go along with overturning those we'll see. But you know those things are going to be challenged.
0: What about interracial marriage?
1: That I don't know. But you know, who knows? They seem to be set on um, uh, revisiting what we always thought were precedents. We thought Roe v. Wade was a pretty set precedent, and it's not, as we've learned. Um, you know, that was from 1973, and uh, even more recently, the same-sex marriage ruling was more recent. So They're saying, well, this doesn't go back in history very much. I don't know where you draw that line. Now, the interracial marriage case was back in the 60s, I think. I forget what year. But, uh, uh, you know, the the court's legal interpretation is that, and uh, we'll just have to see where they go.
0: Well, speaking of a national ban, what would have to happen for that um, to take place?
1: I believe that it would, uh, you know, require Congress to do it, and A president to uh, sign it. Uh, Obviously, President Joe Biden would not. Now, it's highly unlikely that the Republicans would get two-thirds majority in both houses to override a veto, Um, but 2024 is not not that far away, and whether uh, Donald Trump is the Republican candidate or whoever, uh, you know, it's certainly something that could happen.
0: Michael, anything else you'd like to add?
1: No, it just seems like things are changing so fast, Christy, and it's a little head spinning. What was interesting about today is that we knew this was coming, but as we've seen before, you know, it's one thing to know something's coming, but when it happens, it really, um, it, it really strikes you. And um, you know, we're getting back to the senator uh, who's a seasoned politician, has her, her tough side, but is a, you know, actually a very nice person. But at times she held a, a briefing beyond my interview, one on one interview with her, and her voice cracked a couple of times. I mean, this is a pretty emotional thing, especially somebody like her who's been involved in this issue in a very personal way, helping women for years.
0: Michael, thanks so much for this briefing.
1: Thanks for having me on, Chrissy.